Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo and his precious daughter, Grace Longo. Welcome, one and all. Uh, good to be back with you, brother. Awesome, awesome. And it's been since March that we've been together live, uh, been a while. recording on the radio since COVID hit and masked us, silenced us, made us stay in our homes. But you know, God was at work during that whole time. It brought us back to the family dinner table. It brought us back to family itself. It made us realize how precious a hug was, the beauty of the eyes, the beauty of a smile. I'm telling you how the Lord brought me to appreciate so many of the simple things in life has been astounding. So for me, living with a heart of gratitude, thanking God every moment of every day, as opposed to sitting around the enemy's campfire and complaining about everything, yada, 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 stop it. I realize the preciousness of family children, grandchildren, and for me, (laughs) great-grandchild, how that able to reach out and touch them was put on hold. And I had to do it virtually. And I had to do it from a distance. And I had to do it with a mask. So like, it's like, I cannot wait (laughs) to hug my grandchildren. I cannot wait to hold my, excuse me, four new grandchildren this year during (laughs) COVID. It's amazing. So ladies and gentlemen, as we walk this out, don't complain. Don't sit in the enemy's campfire. Realize how God is using this time to bring us back to the most important things. Family, fellowship, around a table, in our homes, as opposed to our speedy life. And just stop and be with the Lord every day. Reach out to those you love and and, and touch them the way you best can now, virtually. And let's let the Lord come back to life in our hearts and then take that message to the world. Well, with that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts? And let's broke open the bread of life and see how Jesus wants to speak to us today. I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. Uh, You are the God of now. Thank you for um, just for allowing us to be on this journey uh, to realize the amazing gifts that you so generously give us every day. Please, Lord, plant within each one of us here in the studio, within the hearts of everyone listening, a wonder and awe for you, for your creation, for the gift of our faith, the gift of the people in our lives. Help us to just just come back in so many ways to you, to each other, uh, today and always. Lord, please guide us as we break open your word, uh, the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday, and, uh, and just help it to enliven us in our faith, and in our journey, and draw us closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, Grace, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Yes. And this gospel is the gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district 
came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. As you were reading, Grace, something jumped right out at me. You know, and uh, when this woman came and cried out, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. I look at my my boys, the disciples. I mean, we're talking about guys that were so close to Jesus physically, and yet were blind and deaf to the reality. Because the disciples came and asked him, which I would change that word to told him, Mm -hmm. send her away. For she keeps calling out after us. She's basically an annoyance. Their arrogance to not even see that divine appointment that was happening, that opportunity to bring Christ into someone's life, it was too much of a bother for them. My goodness gracious Lord, remove the scales from my eyes. Remove the coverings that, that, that cover my heart that I may see the opportunities to bring you into someone's life and not shoo them away like the apostles and the disciples were wanting to do here. Oh my goodness, the arrogance of these men who said they were close to Jesus, and physically they were, but they were blind to the opportunity to be a blessing to another, blind to the opportunity of the humility of this woman who was not even one of the sheep of Judah. She's not even Jewish. She was a Canaanite woman to come up to say, have pity on me, Lord. They didn't have compassion. They didn't have the heart of Christ. Man, oh man, this is like a, a wake-up call for me as you were sharing, Grace, of just, man, don't let me get like this. I love David's cry in the Psalms. You know, renew my mind, O Lord, with the mind of Christ and create in me a new heart, the heart of Christ, the heart of mercy, the heart of compassion. I don't want to miss the divine appointments that come my way, the opportunities to bring Christ into someone's life and to be an instrument in the answer to those prayers from the humility of this woman, have pity on me. Earlier in the week, David, we were, we were breaking this open uh, at a gospel reflection, and we were talking about, I think it was you that brought it up, docility. Mm. And um, hopefully the, the apostles, disciples who were here, they, were, you know, they had that gift of docility where they were able to learn from this. And uh, I forget who said it, where, where, where I heard it first was, they said, instead of praying for humility... They said, pray for docility, because when you pray for humility, the only way you can increase in humility is through humiliations. Uh, but for docility, you can pray to be you know, teachable. So Lord, help me to be teachable so I can learn along the way. I can learn from other people's situations. So um, you know, we're always in, in a position to learn. You know, Jesus is the master, and, uh, and he wants to teach us along the way you know, through our own encounters with him, through other people's situations. But it's all, you know, he's, he's, he's the master, he's the teacher, and uh, he wants us to learn. So 
I'm hoping that I learn here to be persistent, to be persistent in prayer for, especially for other people, you know, what's going on in the lives of those I love, really, you know, try to ask what's important to the people that I love, you know, what are you struggling with? So then when I'm praying, I can be like this woman who interceded on behalf of her daughter, that I can do that for the people that I care about. Um, you know, because it's one thing for them to open up to me, but if I just keep it with me, it doesn't go anywhere. So, you know, just be open to be an intercessor, which is a hard job to do because most times you don't see the fruit. You know, God, mm -hmm. God does the work. And maybe on the other side, you know, it'll be revealed to us, you know, the different, inter you know, times of intercession and, and what happened from that. Um, but I think he's asking me to be teachable today, to be persistent in, in intercessory prayer, just begging on behalf of other people. What was speaking to me, even when you guys were talking and through this gospel, is um, really focused on the disciples, apostles, and um, just the call to be like Jesus. If anyone has ever seen those wristbands that say WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I just think that that can become such a cliche. And sometimes it's a worry that we will become so much like the disciples because they, and it's, it isn't a bad thing because they are so relatable and Jesus is teaching us through his word, just as he taught them in, in real life when he was with them. But I just think that this is really a call to not let our spiritual pride, especially as Christians and Catholics get in the way of truly doing, like if we are saying that we're following Jesus and we want to be like him, then our spiritual pride has to like get thrown out the window because if like in this gospel, they're saying, send her away and she's an annoyance, like you said, and that like not even seeing her as Jesus would see her, but claiming to be on this pedestal of Jesus's chosen ones and his followers and hmm. not even giving the time of day to these quote unquote dogs and these people that are below them and just putting themselves on such a pedestal. I just think, we have to be so careful, actually, especially as Christians and Catholics, um, to not put ourselves on this pedestal of that we are so much above others and because that falls away from who we're saying we're following. Yeah. If we're really, truly saying, what would Jesus do? And we're following Jesus. We want to be like him, but we're acting almost the complete opposite. He's going to shake his head at us and saying, like, <laughs> you're saying, you say, Lord, Lord, but do you love me? When like, gonna he, get it? he's going to call us out a lot. And he does. And he does today, too, when we put ourselves on that pedestal. And I just think that this is a call to watch the way he works and watch the way he loves and love like him. And just like you're talking about humility, just like take ourselves like we need to decrease so much and for him to increase. And especially in encounters with people. But. Well, that's awesome because every one of these encounters, these parables are meant for our growth, just like they were meant for the apostles' growth, the disciples' mm -hmm. growth. So Jesus, you know, in the first part, he shows that they show their arrogance, their spiritual pride, as you pointed out. They're just, don't bother me. You know, we're, we're special. You're not. So mm -hmm. Jesus goes on and he speaks truth to them. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's biblical from the Old Testament. So he's speaking their language. Watch the woman. She came and did Jesus homage. In other words, she just laid down and praised Jesus as God, saying, Lord, recognizing that, help me. 
Now watch, he says in reply, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. What Jesus was doing here was pointing it right back to the disciples and saying, you elitist, you consider people that aren't Jewish, that, that, that aren't the chosen people, no more than dogs. And I'm going to use your language to speak to your arrogance, your pride, your, your um, elitist feelings. I'm going to use your language. I'm going to speak to you in that, which kind of like shook them like, whoa, man, Jesus is calling her a dog. No, he didn't. He was pointing out the condition of their hearts because watch what happened. She says, she doesn't get discouraged. Please, Lord, even for the dogs, eat the scraps that have fallen from the table of their masters. And so then Jesus says to her in reply, oh woman, beauty, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. You see, Jesus is showing us that he came for all, all of humanity, all 7.8 billion human beings alive today. Jesus came for them all, each and every one of them, whether they are Christians or not, have that opportunity to encounter Christ in us that we can point to him as the doorway to heaven, as the healing touch and the healer of their souls and their family's souls. So for me, man, Lord, take away my elitist, my spiritual pride, my arrogance, my blindness, that I can see these divine appointments and always point to you and not be self-centered or bothered by something that seems to be, you know, something I really don't want to do today. So, man, I love the way Jesus uses these parables to teach us because he's showing the disciples the condition of their heart in the language that he's using. Because at the end of the day, he's showing them, I came for the salvation of all of humanity, the Jews and the Gentiles. Jesus withdrew. So when we withdraw, you know, wherever we are and we withdraw, whether it's to, you know, just go somewhere to do, do something else or to withdraw to pray, we never know who the Lord is going to put on our path, right? Uh, so here Jesus withdrew and then behold, a Canaanite woman. So uh, are we ready to be interrupted? So, you know, my earlier sharing was about intercession. So maybe it's like a, and a, and a double eye here. So intercession and inter- intercession and interruption. Um, am I okay with with withdrawing to what I think might be where I should go or where God might want me to go? Am I okay with being interrupted? And Jesus was Jesus was interrupted a lot in his ministry. People tugging at him, pulling, out, and that's where he's you know he didn't he didn't give him the old stiff arm. He allowed the interruptions and and. A lot of his greatest miracles came through these mm-hmm. these interruptions. Uh, so, you know, inter- intercession, interruption. And I want to add one more, Rob. Are we open to divine pivots? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because as God is speaking into our hearts, all of a sudden we say, well, I know what God wants me to do. And we go laser focused on a single way, down a single path, and we don't listen anymore because we know what God told us. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Jesus shows us right here. God is why the will of the Father is what he came to earth to do. That was his one sole mission, the will of the Father. So he says, you know, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But he's always open to that still quiet voice of his Father who says, 
time for a divine pivot. I'm going to go to take you to the right. I'm going to get you the end goal, but you got to go by my promptings because I know the way and the path I want you to go on. So for me, this whole idea of a divine pivot to not be so focused on, you know, this is it. This is what God said. I'm doing this. Stop. You can become callous over your heart. You can become, um, have, have uh, blinders on your eyes, scales on your eyes. Stop. You need to, and I use the, you use the word, Rob, you need to be docile, docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit every day. When you figure you got God's plan figured out, you're in trouble because you're probably playing God. Stop. Listen to the divine promptings. They're beautiful. They're always grounded in unconditional love. They're always grounded in mercy and compassion and taking his light into the world and healing. Oh my goodness, we hear of so many of Jesus' healing ministries. How many times do we heal? Or how many times, like my boy Peter, are we tempted to take out the sword of truth and whack off an ear? Think about it. Pray about it. God is speaking to us today through this scripture to purify us in his divine fire of his love and burn off these scales of our eyes, this callus around our hearts, so that we can truly, truly in our uniqueness, be Christ in the world. And the, the word that jumps out in, in a lot of the sharing is, is compassion, that Jesus had compassion for this woman. And uh, you know, without mentioning names, Grace, I just I, I observed you in, uh, in a couple different situations with a particular person um, where you know a lot of people wouldn't pay this person attention and and you just hung out with them and listened and shared and talked and there's all kinds of stuff going around and uh and and this person is sharing with you about their story and what's going on about their passion in life you know the not like interests but their their sufferings and that's what compassion is compassion to suffer with that do we allow ourselves to, to be interrupted to the point where there could be this great stuff going on around us, but then you focus on one person and hang out with, with that one person. So, um, so I just want to thank you for that, for that example. Um, cause it takes, it gets messy, you know, like it, you know, we're going to be called to, to give up some of our own stuff, whether it's time or material, you know, if we truly follow in Jesus' footsteps of compassion, Grace, as you were challenging us, you know, to truly walk in his footsteps, it, compassion has to be part of that. Yeah, and compassion even for the heart of Jesus. Like, that is, I think, it's almost harder to have that full, authentic compassion for other people that we're with when we, like, lack that compassion for Christ's actual heart like mm. and Jesus on the cross like we have to remember the crucifixion almost before the resurrection not to take this down a dark road but like having compassion for Jesus's heart today and like knowing that what we do can can console his heart today is going to stir that compassion mm. for every single person that we're encountering because that compassion for Christ in his heart and almost like to strip it down, that sad feeling that you can get almost like for Jesus in this day and age, because like we know that we 
can be still piercing nails in today is like if we can let that affect our hearts in a way that is not just something that's said and not just something we know and this happened a while ago and yes Jesus did this but Jesus is being crucified today and like if that compassion can set in then the compassion for people around us like it's almost going to be natural because you'll see him and you'll see that he's crying out to us to console his heart today through this person that person so that word compassion is just huge beautiful and one of the little ditties the lord gave me a long time ago is that the pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility the humility in this canaanite woman is unbelievable listen to her words have pity on me lord we hear those words have pity on me elsewhere in scriptures it's when you recognize you are a sinner you're not worthy to approach the lord she recognizes that. She prays him homage, pays him homage. She also recognizes the Lord when she uses the terminology son of David as God, as God, as the promised Messiah. So this incredible humility to come and to say, have pity on me. But I want to show you something else here that jumped right out at me. You see, too many times, and this would have been, probably still is me at times, I would have said, even if I had to have pity on me, Lord, son of David, I probably would have said, you know, my daughter's been acting out. She's been going out drinking at night. She's been taking drugs. I need your help here, Lord. That's not what this woman does because she has the spiritual eyes to see that her daughter is a precious daughter of God the Father and that she is being tormented by a demon. She looks past the sin, the actions, to the precious son or the precious daughter that God created, that God formed in the womb and knitted the soul to the body. So this beauty of this woman's spiritual eyes to not go to the Lord and say, hey, fix my son, fix my daughter. Can you believe he did this? Can you believe she said that? Can you believe he's doing this? No. He recognizes, she recognizes her daughter is precious. It's her daughter, but it also is God the Father's daughter who he delights in. She looks through the sin, past the sin, and realizes that she's being tormented by a demon. It's don't fix my son, fix my daughter but help her be set free from this demon, be it alcoholism, be it sexual addiction, be it whatever it is, help them to be set free. Too many times we judge people, we look at people with these eyes of condemnation, and we need to stop. These are precious sons and daughters of the Father. Look past the sin as this woman does. See the precious son or daughter and recognize and realize, and this is a grace from God, that they're being tormented by a demon. And their access has been given many times through wounds, mm. through wounds in their heart. So how is God going to use you to be, able to he be a healing bomb to that wound and not a slicer with another one? It makes, it makes me think about our, uh, our conference last fall, put on the armor. You know, our battle's not with flesh and blood, but with the, you know, the powers and principalities. So, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whenever we are under attack by someone else or whenever we fall into sin or someone else falls into sin, it's, you know, the evil one who's prowling around just, you know, looking to devour somebody. And, uh, and it's, it, you know, it's a spiritual battle. So when we sin, we're being tormented by the, by a demon. When other people sin, when people hurt us, it's, it's the evil one wanting to hurt us and using that person to inflict the wounds. So, you know, this really, calls for that, you know, this, this is a spiritual battle and we need to, we need to arm up, you know, A-R-M-O, 
are, we, uh, oh, you are actually, we, uh, we spelled it. So adoration, reconciliation, mass, A-R-M, uh, obedience, unity, and, uh, and the rosary. So like, that's, that's the armor. If we're going to go into battle, you know, we need to, we need to arm up every day, uh, to, you know, to be able to withstand, you know, through God's grace, the, the battle. Yeah, but I think it's so important for all of us to really invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to identify any portals that the enemy has that he uses to torment us or use us to torment others because unforgiveness Mm. is a portal of the enemy into our heart. The enemy of our soul absolutely cannot make you do anything, but you give him permission when you hold on to unforgiveness, jealousy, when you judge, when you condemn, you give the enemy permission and give him that entrance port in, point into your wounds that cause you to not reflect Christ, but drive people away. So for me, inviting the Holy Spirit in to, a, to enlighten for me where these portals are, and then going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, confessing those sins, and getting set free, man, that's a daily introspection with the Holy Spirit. And then it's a every two to three weeks through the grace of God, go to confession, get it out. God knows what you did. You're not hiding from him. He wants to set you free. Jesus Christ paid the price. Go be set free so you have the abundant life. The enemy wants to keep you in your own prison cell. He's the key, Jesus. God knows what you did, but we're called to confess our sins to one another. So go to the sacrament of reconciliation, get set free, and then set this world ablaze in God's love. When, uh, you know, I, th- I think the challenge with confession is, uh, is in so many levels. So Grace, David, you know, how do you, what, what would you say to someone who's like really struggling with taking that step back? into confession like they haven't been there in years decades um you know what would what would you say to help ease some of that apprehension well it had been 33 years for me till i went to my first true confession and you know what held me back fear the number one tool the enemy uses to stop us from confessing our sins because he knows knows once we do we're set free it's fear be not afraid 365 times i believe in the bible and go get set free. Jesus paid the price. God wants you to have the abundant life. Set this world afire. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Change the world. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.